For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I'm your host, as always, Shane Told. <laughs> and if it sounds like I'm smiling, it's because I definitely am. I just got off the phone with this week's guest, and man, so much positivity, such an uplifting conversation with Mr. Rome Ramirez of Sublime with Rome. Seriously, this guy is so awesome. He tells his story with so much love and care, and I've run out of adjectives for just how great this guy is. So, wow, what an awesome, awesome conversation. This guy is so talented, too. Man, I, I'm just so, so happy that I can bring this one to you guys. And... We got a little bonus action as well. In fact, at the end of this episode, you're going to hear from Daniel Lawner from a brand new band called Spray Allen, which also features Eric Wilson, bass player of Sublime and Sublime with Rome, Wade Yeoman from Unwritten Law, and Daniel Lawner's done some pretty cool work himself in his band Late Night Episode. So you're going to hear from him as well right after you hear the Sublime with Rome song. Stick around for more bonus stuff with Daniel Lawner as well. Before I get into that, I want to remind you guys, as always, you can get in touch with me. And I know I'm going to have so much 
positivity in the emails this time, but a little negativity is okay too. I like the feedback, but you can email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. And if you want to support the show, we got this thing. It's called the All Access Club. And you get bonus episodes. You get merchandise. You become a member of the Sinner community. And shout out to all my sinners worldwide. I love y'all. Thank you for the support. For more information, head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And another reminder to follow me slash us on Twitch. I'm doing tons of live podcasts on there. Also playing some tunes and, you know, doing whatever, whatever. It's just a camera. You set it up. You do whatever in front of it. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. And of course, the new noise with Mike Howell. We do that just about every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, that comes here on the podcast side of things every Friday. Make sure you listen to that for all your new music needs. Sublime with Rome is on tour right now. Go catch them. Go catch them live. They're incredible. Rome is unbelievable. And while you're at it, don't forget to buy tickets for the Silverstein tour this fall with The Plot and You and Can't Swim. That's coming out at you in November. I'm very excited to get back on the road as well. But I can't wait. I can't wait to give this one to you guys. So here it is. My conversation with Rome Ramirez of Sublime with Rome. Take you to leave it, cause I'm really leaving. I purchased my ticket to New York first thing in the morning. Kissing you good morning and whispering goodbye. Take you to leave it, cause I'm really leaving. I've made up my mind this time. There's no coming back for you. Oh, there's no coming back for you. Hey. What's up, man? Glad to have you, man. Likewise, man. Stoked to be on here. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. Man, I have wanted to pick your brain for a long time. Um, I'm a huge fan of what you've done uh, in in Sublime, Sublime with Rome. And this this truly is an honor, man. Well, thanks, man. I'm I super appreciate it. You know, we're, we're probably around like the same, um, you know, age bracket. So just like growing up, you know, I, I've obviously you know, very familiar with your band too. So, you know, it's super cool that we're able to connect and do this shit, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, no. cool. I, I love it. Yeah, I know. I know you're, I, I read you're 33. I'm actually 40. So, you know, it's funny you're, you're playing with guys even older than me, you know, and, uh, which is just kind of a funny little, um, tidbit. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So tonight you are in Wilmington, North Carolina. You have a show, which is kind of a new thing again. Uh, how's it been coming back? I know you've been playing them for like a couple months now. Yeah, well, I mean, even during the pandemic, like we did a string of like uh, those driving dates, you know? Right. Uh, where, you know, the, like you jam for people in the cars. And then we played uh, a show out in Lake Ozarks in like the middle of the pandemic. And they weren't masked up or anything like that. So, you know, we've, we've been kind of playing. I mean, obviously not to the extent of like, you know, what we usually do, but of all my peers, we've, we've been the most active. Just, you know, we've been very fortunate enough, you know, our, our manager is really, really connected in, in the music game. So, you know, he's, he's just been really just keeping us proactive and writing songs and playing shows and stuff. So weird shows, albeit, but 
you know, regardless, they're, they're shows. And, and like you said, now it's starting to kind of get back to some, some state of normalcy. And, uh, you know, that, that feels familiar again. So right. it's nice. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we did a Silverstein, we did a drive-in show, just one. And, it was pretty weird <laughs> to come out on stage and just have everyone in their cars and people are hanging out of like, you know, their sunroof and, and stuff like that. But I like the, my favorite were the creative people that had like rented a box truck and were just hanging out in the back of the box yeah. truck, like drinking beers and, and everything. But it is definitely a different experience. Dude, totally different experience. And, you know, I mean, you know, as you're coming up in a band, it's like you play weirder shit than that. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely humbling. You know, you're, you're just kind of like, okay, this is, uh, you know, you can get comfortable in front of a sea of people and, and, you know, your crew and your guys, you know, that, that, that becomes like, I guess some, you know, it, it becomes normal after a while. Right. And, um, you know, when you're put into those kind of situations, I mean, you're conjuring up all sorts of emotions, you know, from the past. And at least that's how I live, you know, it's kind of a trip. That's such a good, uh, such a good way to put it because it's true. Like the the formative years of coming up as a musician, you never know what they're gonna throw at you. You know, like I remember one time early, early on, like when I was fourteen, my band played a show and there was no PA, so. Mm-hmm. I just ran around yelling in people's faces so they could hear me like around the room, you know, like how it doesn't get any weirder than that, you know? Um, so it really, yeah. What's, what's a couple cars, people sitting in cars, uh, honking their horns in between songs, you know? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of like my take on everything in this shit, you know? Cause music game is weird, you know, like you got like, you know, the whole cycle of musicians just so, so gnarly, you know, like you're, you know, you got your highs and your lows and then you're just middle ground, you know, where your family's like, you still do this shit, you know, like, (laughs) and, and in that whole time, you still have to like remain an artist and like, you know, true to the art and yourself and the integrity and those highs and lows can really fuck with you, you know? So like for me, like, and I know you've like heard it a million times, you know, like remember where you came from and all that shit. But like, if, if you can really put yourself in that place where you were when right before you were discovered or you got your break or whatever the fuck it was, like it could really, you know, put a really good perspective on, on everything that you're doing, you know, from interviews to fucking lobby calls in the morning to whatever, whatever, you know, it, it just makes it like, yeah, shit. Hell yeah. We're here. You know? Uh, I love that perspective. You know, it's really, your, your whole story is really interesting and sort of inspiring, you know, obviously the younger musicians that are, trying to find their footing a little bit in this, you know, weird world, like as you put it, you know, and you're just 18 years old when you're in Los Angeles and you meet Eric for the first time. I heard it was kind of a weird, like Eric was throwing a party or something, but I'd love to know the actual story from the horse's mouth of how you ended up connecting with, with Eric Wilson. Well, um, totally. So I moved down to, uh, Orange County, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I moved down to Los Angeles when I was about 18 years old. And um, my plan was to become an audio engineer because I've, I've always been really, uh, you know, infatuated with the recording studio and yeah. recording engineering and all that stuff. So, like, my, my plan was to become, like, an engineer and then work my way up through the, I don't know, the corporate ladder of the music industry. <laughs> but, you know, that was, like, my, my plan, you know, hand my demos out to clients and stuff. Um, so... While, while I was out there, I started hanging out with some people that were recording music in Orange County. 
and I'd never been to Orange County, but obviously my, you know, my, my favorite band was Sublime. I grew up listening to Sublime. They got me into playing music. Right. So, you know, I was associated like Orange County and Long Beach, you know, with, with Sublime and, and no doubt in that style of music. So when I was invited to go hang out in Orange County at this studio that they were working at, I was like really, really stoked, needless to say. Yeah. And so I showed up to this spot and like, it was like fucking divine intervention. Like the, the soon as I opened the door, like directly in front, like the first thing you see is just this huge plaque for like 10 million records sold for self-titled sublime. Yeah. And the guy who owned the studio, Lewis Richards, he, um, he, he, he worked on that album. So I just thought that that was the coolest shit in the world, you know, for like sure. out comes the razor flip phone immediately takes pictures <laughs> and send it to my fucking friends. <laughs> And, you know, like in the corner of the studio was like the, you know, Eric Wilson's bass guitar and had all these like spawn stickers on it. And I'm like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, this guy's in a band. He, he plays in a punk rock band with the dude from Sublime. You ever heard of those guys? Fuck <laughs> out of here, bro. So, and so that was like my introduction to like even just being into the same like world as them, you right. know, in, like within the same and I started really hanging out at the studio a lot. Um, I actually started working there, you know, just helping to get clients. And, and, and in return, he was kind of like teaching me the chops on songwriting and stuff like that. And all the while, like Eric Wilson, the bass player, born, Eric would just pop by and, you know, every, just hella randomly, he'd just come by and pick up some weed and see what Louie was jamming on and stuff. And I just met him super organically, super fanboy, you know, like, I don't think I ever told him that I like, you know, big fan, love Sublime. Like, I was just like, hey, man, how's it going, you know? And um, th that's how I got to know him. And wow. after a while, we just kind of became like, you know, really um, just like jam buddies, you know, like. I was with Louis, Louis, the, the studio owner, and, you know, Eric would have his parties. He'd be like, yo, you and Rome should come over, you know, fucking, I'm going to be jamming and stuff. And Eric knew I was a really big Sublime fan. You know, he could just kind of tell, just <laughs> listening to, like, my music, you know. He could right. just tell, like, yeah, right. you know, we definitely inspired the kid. And we were at a party of his one day in October. Uh, it was a Halloween party. And, you know, he, he always has, like, all the instruments set up in his living room. That's, like, the kind of guy. He's like Brian Wilson. And, um, you know, He's like, hey, uh, people want to hear some Sublime songs, you know. Do you know any of them? I'm like, dude, you know, I know them all. What do you want to <laughs> play? He was like, oh, just play whatever you want. So we played like Wrong Way and like Johnny Butt and I think like um, a couple other ones, greatest hits. And that was really rad. Like everybody at the party was just like fucking having a great time. And Long Beach is like a really small, like a big, small city. You right. know, everyone tells everyone everything. And, you know, especially like a band with, you know, such a rich history like like sublime like of course you know people are really passionate about it there that's 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 their baby yeah so you know the word traveled really fast around the streets and at the time forums were like a really big thing so like you know on, on all the sublime forums you know they're like oh i heard you know, eric's playing with some like mexican kid like what's up with that you know and this was before, you know, naming anything or anything like that. So people were just like really stoked on the idea of like, you know, Eric playing Sublime songs again. That's cool. And um, so we did that a couple more times for a couple more parties. And then eventually um, the the guy who put together Rage Against the Machine um, for the for the reunion show okay. for Coachella, he, 
he uh, he, he's our manager now, but he he came to Eric and was like, "Yo, I I caught wind that um, you guys were that that you were playing Sublime songs locally with the kid who sounds like Brad. Like, what's going on with that?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, blah blah blah." blah. He was like, "Would you be into you know?" putting sublime back together and he was like dude i was thinking the same thing so <laughs> of course he was the next thing right so so the next thing like that went down was they called me to you know ask me if i'd be down um yeah i mean i was like Are you kidding me <laughs> hell yeah man like of course whatever you want man i'm down and so after that, we had to go up to Reno because Bud and Eric hadn't talked for like eight years. Right. And, uh, yeah, but that was, you know, he, I guess he called him and was just like, dude, I've been jamming with some kid, you know, sounds like Brad, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'd love to bring him over to your house and see if it works out, you know? And they're going to, and he was like, come over. Yeah. And then, wow. yeah, that, that's when we started, you know, doing that whole thing. And yeah, it's, it's been about. 12 years now, 13 it's years. True. It's yeah. And I have so many, so many more questions. Um, but, but this is really, it's really cool to hear you and thank you for telling that story again. I'm sure you've told it a lot of times before, but it's, it's nice to be able to have a, a long form discussion, you know, where we can actually talk for more than like 20 minutes about all this, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay. The self-titled sublime record is turning 25 this year. Do you remember the first time you heard it? Yeah, yeah. I was in San Diego and, and um I was at the time I was really, really, really big into rap. I was like uh I think fourth grade. I was in fourth grade and I was like <laughs> super big into rap and I had my Walkman and stuff and my um my uncle, I was in San Diego and my, and my uncle was like, Yo, check out my C D rack right there. I remember like it was yesterday. Um, he's like I had a CD in there and it's got green writing on it and it says sublime. He's like Check that CD out. I think you're hella gonna like it. And I pulled it out of the rack and I popped it in my CD player, and that shit did not leave for like a year. Like that was like my new thing, you know. Rap what? <laughs> I was just right. going home into Sublime, and then so that was like in like June, and then come September, the start of my fifth grade school year, um, hadn't having listened to self-titled album all summer long. So my parents, I was like, yo, I want to start playing guitar. And then that was it. That was it? So, so the you know. The start of my, you know, journey. Yeah, the start of your journey. Well, it's really interesting, you know. So you, you go down to L.A. And, and you're, you know, working on your craft as a musician. And it seems like relatively quickly, you know, you're, you know, meeting Eric and, and you're meeting Bud and you're jamming with these guys. And you are replacing um, a legend. I mean, a uh, once-in-a-generation singer-songwriter in, in Bradley. So, you know, the question I have for you, though, maybe it's not asked so much, is what about your own, you know, musical development and journey? You know, I mean, obviously you're just starting out and you're just playing these songs that were written when you were, you know, a little kid. Um, and obviously they're your favorite songs, so that's really cool. But when did it become like, hey, I want to kind of, continue this thing like when did you guys start having that discussion about maybe we could write a new sublime album with you well that was like as soon as the band kind of once bud kind of was like oh yeah let's do this um everything happened very quickly yeah you know five nation came in and then like you know 
label, like we had record deals before we had any fucking music. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you know, managers, agents, I mean, you name it, everybody wanted a piece of the pie. So there was already, there was an album happening before we knew there was an album happening. That's how it's like, <laughs> wow. that's, that's what you do. You know what I mean? That's part of the flow, the ebb and flow of business. <laughs> um, and, and I didn't know that, you know, I was just like, shit, you guys want to make an album too? Cool. So what right. happened to the stuff I was working on, you ask? They all became the first album, yours truly. Wow. So, so that was stuff you had kicking around that just kind of happened to sound like Sublime. Every bit of it. Even the stuff <laughs> that doesn't. Right. That's so cool. Well, that's really cool. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of the dream. It's insane. Yeah. It was super crazy. Like they, they needed like, you know, songs are like, let's start doing a song. Like the one song that we did do together, like, like a band band, like not, not like uh, Hey guys, I got this idea. What do you think? And then they start adding to it, but more so like, you know, when you close your eyes and think of a band, I don't probably your guys' band doesn't even do this, but like where you guys just all plug in, in the garage and just start plucking away at notes and Hey, that's a cool verse. Hey, that's a cool chorus. Right. Hey, this would be a cool, you know what I mean? Like the old fashioned way. Right. How like fans think that bands write songs. Right. We did that with one song and it was panic. And that was our lead single off the album that right. ended up going gold for us. And so like, it was kind of like, it was cool because like, you know, and it's like the most like sublime style of the song, but of, of like the, the record, but it's kind of crazy because during the process of all that, we had about, about eight weeks to put together an album. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, dude, we're going on like a big national tour and we're, you know, magazines and all this press and all this shit, you know, this is at like the pinnacle at the peak to start. So it was like, we need songs, we need songs, we need songs, we need songs. And you know, it's like, I, I, I got some songs. I've been writing songs for fucking 15 years. You guys want to hear them? Like, <laughs> and, and you know, like, I showed them songs and they were just like, fuck awesome. You know, and Atlantic heard them and they were like, these are great. Like, let's, let's, let's record these. Wow. So, easy breezy. That was the record. before any of that. I did lay me down with the dirty heads. Right. And I wrote that song. So, you know, I'm sure there was a little bit of like, Oh, he knows what he's doing kind of shit. You know, like if I was just, just some schmuck off the street, they'd be like, yeah, we're going to put you in with songwriters from LA and shit. But I think because I had a number one song with the dirty heads prior to sublime even doing anything, people kind of gave me a little, little bit of trust to, to spearhead the songwriting for the album. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sure, sure. No, and wow, that's that's great. I mean, this is such a good, like such a feel-good story um, so far in our conversation. You're such an upbeat person and I, I want to harness that as much as possible, but I do want to touch on what a difficult role at the same time this had to have been when you started you know, um, people can be pretty vicious and here you are, you know, um, barely old enough to drink or not even old enough to drink. And you had to kind of listen to this shit that people are saying about you, you know, taking over for, you know, someone who's sadly passed away tragically before the band even got going really, you know, um, with, with the, the mega 
the mega hits and all that. So w- what was that like for you at, at such a young age? Well, you know, it, 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 it may not even like sound believable, but like in the field, live in person, I just don't have a lot of people that come up to my face and go like, dude, you fucking ruined Sublime. You know, like <laughs> a lot of it's like online yeah, or like, you know, in blogs or whatever, you know what I mean? Or, or said behind my back, even. Right. you know, like having said that, like it makes my reality of the situation is so much more different than I think the perception of somebody looking at the story, which I cannot blame them whatsoever. Yeah. Because you got to look at it from like, okay, let's look at it from, from my side of the story, right? Like, um, struggling musician living in my van, joins his favorite band, travels the world, you know, making some money for the first time in his life. Like, so there's this whole world that is opened up to me now that I'm completely dive dove in and living in. Yeah. So like, my receptors really weren't catching any negativity at the time because I was so caught up in living this new opportunity and this new adventure of life. And it wasn't until like now, now that I'm a little older and I have kids and stuff, I look back on that and I go, dang, that is crazy. There's like people like didn't want this thing to go down and, and all this stuff, you know, like, but I was at the time I was, I was so young and I was so removed from the lawsuits i was not any of the court hearings i wasn't i wasn't around i never even met our attorney like i mean i was literally just so separated from the negativity and everybody around me was either my friend or just kissing my ass because i was hanging out with sublime (laughs) so like it really wasn't my reality and i specifically made it a, a habit of mine to stay away from any negativity online because i have a really big imagination and i like things affect me if, if I see them or if I hear them. So I have to be very careful with who I let around or what I see, who I follow on social media, all that shit. You know, I, I can't help that about myself. So, hmm. you know, I've, I made it a, a very, a very strong point in my life to, to filter what it is that I see. Wow, man, you're, you're an unreal dude. Um, I could see what, just talking to you, even just for 20 minutes now, I could see, I can see what Eric probably saw in you, you know, um, as a teenager. That's, that's really impressive. Um, wow. So, you know, Bradley had a lot of demons, right? Um, well documented, even with his own, from his own words and his own songs. How have you been coping with that? I mean, there's obviously like, you're sort of you grew up in this band. You grew up with these guys that have kind of already been around that. Um, maybe a part of you was sheltered from some of the stuff that Bradley was into. Um, but, but I know, you know, you, you talked about how you, I don't know if you're sober, but you know, you stopped drinking hard alcohol. I wrote, read that in another interview. Um, I don't know if if you had a problem with that or, or how that's been for you, but obviously there's a lot of pressure when you're still like, you know, finding your footing and you're playing these, you know, huge shows. Yeah. You know, man, it, it, the huge shows never bug me. It's always the smaller stuff. It's always <laughs> yeah, like going to yeah. go meet or going to go and sit and do like, you know, hanging out stands, meet and greets, all that shit. How that stuff is like the fun part. That's the easy stuff. It's like the, the expectations of like from management or the expectations from labels or, you know, and as you get older, then you become a family man. And now we're talking about a whole other fucking thing. But, <laughs> but so growing up as a kid, my, my father was hooked on methamphetamine my whole entire life up until I was uh. in Saban. And then he changed his life. God bless him. Um, but my him. whole life, you know, it was a shit with him coming in and out and fucking drugs everywhere and all that shit. So 
drugs weren't my bag. They were never my bag. Um, I smoked weed like a fucking chimney. I did cocaine for about two months when I was a junior in high school. And that's, that's about it. Um, it was never my bag. I, like I saw what it did in my family. So yeah. music was my thing. Music was my drug. So, you know, when I came to join Sublime and, you know, started touring and all this stuff, like, I'm really grateful for everything my pops put us through because I was ready for that shit. Like, you know, I was kicking people out of the dressing room who were bringing in blow and shit. Like, get the fuck out of my dressing room. You know, we don't need that shit in here. Um, so I, I had that built up. But what I never really did was understand, like, drinking. I never really drank much. So, mm-hmm. and when you're in a band, like, you, you know, you have, like, your pre-show shot and then you're, like, cocktail on stage and then after the show, you can have a couple beers, you know what I mean? And yeah. There's this whole lifestyle that is embedded in with alcohol and playing live music that, and also, I'm, like, in my 20s, so it's just having a shit ton of fun. Right. But what I started to see in older was I was starting to kind of depend on alcohol to kind of help me get through certain situations. And by no means that I have a problem or nothing, you know, I wasn't like fucking sneaking beers into my bunk or anything like that. But <laughs> you know, it was just like, you know, I was, I was becoming a father and I was starting to look at the amount of time that I had or lack thereof and really start to, um, you know, hone down on where it is that I'm spending and who I'm spending it with. And you know, one of the things that I knew how to go was, was forgetting the shit that I said the night before. <laughs> so yeah. that meant no more ejaculation. So, which was pretty easy for me to like, not have to just swap out Jack Daniels with something else, you know, cause that was my, it wasn't all hard liquor. I just really liked whiskey and I liked drinking it with my boys and we had a whole thing, but you know, you get kids and you don't really have time for that shit. But, and that's like kind of where like, I, like, that's what I deal with now. That that's what I kind of talk about now. It's like the struggling of like using, you know, having to use certain vices to get away from the person you are, or like to to feel a certain way about yourself. And and that's that shit that I wake up every day, and I'm you know still constantly trying to work on the person that I am. You know, yeah. And that's the relationship that I have with my fans. Like, that's what I talk to them about, you know, and like our discord or, you know, our fucking my community text line, you know, like, cause there's songs that like, these are the songs that I write about, you know, cause I don't do heroin. I don't, you know, I didn't grow up in the nineties. I, I can't necessarily relate exactly um, verbatim with like, you know, what Brad was singing about, but sure. at the core of us all, I believe that we all have the same struggles and problems, you know? And and most people don't talk about that, you know? Like, a lot of people in music just talk about the wishy-washy shit, right? But, I don't know. I just feel like when you when you talk about the things that are wrong with your life, or the things that you just really love in your life, other people can usually relate, you know? That's so true, man. And, you know, this is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast, so we, we, don't, we don't talk about that stuff enough, you know? And I, I remember even when I was just, you know, a high school kid, writing you know whatever down in my bedroom it was like honest lyrics and then I didn't really I'm I'm kind of lazy and I didn't really have like cool lyrics to put into the songs and I was like I'm screaming no one will hear them anyway and you know those end up being the lyrics printed in the demo and then I find wait a second like these the shit that I just scribbled down in my bedroom that like was really honest, but maybe didn't sound like cool to me is really what people are connecting with. And, and that's right there. And then when I, when I realized that the more honest you can be, the more relatable you're going to be because people, people really do go through the same stuff. 
Dude, absolutely. Big, small, rich, poor. Yeah. You know? I mean, we've got different ways of suffering, obviously, but it's like the core, it's like the, the, the pyramid of wants and needs for human beings are all the same, right? Love, food, um, you know, shelter. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and you can squeeze in your things around that, you know, put your car wherever it is, put your vacation home wherever that's at, but it all fucking, it's all the same shit, man. You know? So, and, and it's really easy to get away from that. You know, you could easily kind of focus on like just writing music. That's not necessarily genuine, but it, but it's fun because music's fun. That's what like people don't understand either. You know, it's like, Oh, that doesn't sound anything like your band, but it's like, well, music's fucking fun, man. I was just having fun. It wasn't supposed to be all serious, but sometimes, you know, when, when you're a singer of a band, when you represent a band, that means something so much to so many people. You know, it is your responsibility to kind of guide them towards the light in some form or another, I feel like. So, yeah, your responsibility, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so you made three, uh, Sublime with Rome, uh, full length records now. And the third one you recorded with Rob Cavallo. Um, now that's a legendary producer right there, you know, and I know you're, you're comfortable you know, in your own skin and you're comfortable in a vocal booth, I'm sure. But I mean, as an aspiring, you know, a kid, you know, coming to LA to become an aspiring producer, what was it like to be in, you know, behind the desk with that guy and in the vocal booth with that guy uh, recording you? I mean, Rob is fucking awesome, man. I love Rob. And I've been fortunate enough prior to that, you know, to, to be like, really, like, I'm in the studios a lot, man. I've been in the studio with like Dr. Luke and fucking Max Martin and on fucking all kinds of people, right? Because songwriting is like a whole side passion of mine. So I'm 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 so damn comfortable in the studio. Probably more comfortable there than I am in my own bedroom. <laughs> but so when someone like Rob, you know, like who's who's got all these like accolades and like all this, you know, crazy talent or all these like you know just crazy ground groundbreaking things that he's done over his career. And I get in the studio with him. He's the most simplistic producer I've ever worked with. It's like all about the song and it's all about the emotion. Very little to do with the technicality and, you know, the word math and all that shit, like out the window, man. Like the, the, the Swedish phrasing to land a hook out the window. Like it's all like feeling and it's all timing. And I, I mean, I learned a lot from that. Cause like right. I said, like the, the, songwriter, producer, studio grind. I know that very, very, very well. But this was something way different. It was like the very first rock record I ever made, you know, because I've, I've never really had a studio sessions like that for an album where it was just really, you know, live and really, you know, like there'd be times where Rob would be like, you know, uh, you should work on that song a little more. Just go back out in the control room and, or in the, in the live room and just bang away on that course a little bit more. Just lay on that pre-course. Yeah, I never had producers really kind of hit me like that for Sublime stuff. So hmm. that was like, you know, and, and we got blessings out of it, you know, which was our favorite record that we've done to date. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was definitely a great experience. Shout out to Doug McKean, his uh, engineer mixer. One can say that he's the fucking, you know, the brand's and, you know, Rob's a beauty, but it's a relationship. It's a symbiotic relationship that, that needs to happen. And they got it down. Yeah. No, it can be amazing how, 
you know, how <laughs> how some of these producers, they cut their teeth, like, you know, and pe- for people that don't know what we're talking about, Rob Cavallo um, produced, like, Dookie, uh, you know, so he's he's that big a deal, we talk about a legend. Yeah. Uh, but it is interesting how sometimes producers, after, you know, 10, 20 years, they start to say, I don't really need to, like, twist any knobs anymore. Like, there's there's younger people that maybe can do that better than me, you know, but I'll, I'll oversee the whole thing, and that's, and that's always cool. That's awesome. Ah, man, that's gotta be the fucking coolest. I can't wait till I get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> I I love when um when you hear and I, and you probably understand all this stuff, but I I don't. I'm not a huge technical recording guy, but I just love when you know engineers are talking to each other and they're like, yeah, just drop a filter like uh like 10k, like seven and a half k. Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, and then they do it. And it's like yeah, way better. And you're like, what? <laughs> I love all that stuff. That's my language, man. I'm sitting there breathing down the engineers. Three, like you, you should open up the threshold a little bit more on that kick drum. It's kind of choking it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, another thing you guys did recently was you covered Post Malone's goodbyes, which, you know, for some people they might think that that's a weird thing to do to cover, you know, a newer artist. But I really liked it, and I really like, you know, how if you look back at sublime's history you know before you were in the band it really is in the spirit of sublime to to do that sort of thing yeah that's so cool because it's like it didn't have any context for us no we we like because we knew we were playing um with post malone at his bud light festival show okay in two weeks we weren't allowed to tell anybody um this is exactly how this came about uh so i met i met post at a shoe store year before swap numbers kept in touch and he was doing his bud light tour and you know he was going to get like some you know some studio musicians to back him up and um you know his his agent who's our agent as well was like yo what if you have like a band back you up like a you know a known band and he was like yo let's hit up sublime so sick we got a word you know and I reached out to Post. I'm like, you, you want to do this? He was like, dude, I would be so grateful if you guys... He's the sweetest guy. He was like, I'd be so grateful if you guys would, would, would do this for me. And we're like, hell yeah, let's do it, you know? So we knew that we were going to be doing that show with Post Malone in New York. Um, let's say August... Or let's say September 1st. So August 1st, first day of tour, um, we're learning his set. Wow. During sound check. We're practicing his entire set. Um, and his his song currently at that time at radio that was crushing it was goodbyes, and so we were at that part of the set and we were playing it. And Eric Wilson, bass player of Sublime, he goes, "How crazy is that? This is one chord away from Santeria." <laughs> and we're like, holy shit, you're right. And then I just I just slid into Santeria uh, solo in the song. I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> it like butter. It fit like butter, bro. So then the next day. This would be August 2nd <laughs> at Soundcheck. We're doing the song again. And I had our front of house guy just record the drums for me. And I used the drums from that board mix and I mixed it all down in the back of the bus. I recorded the vocals in the front of the bus, DI the bass, DI the guitar, threw a mix on it, sent it to our label, had that thing uploaded. And yeah, it's like one of our biggest stream songs you know, the last record. Ridiculous. Holy shit. So, so that is a lot live drums from a venue and then you just overdubbed in the back of the bus and that's what we heard. Yep. That is that song. That's knowing impressive. that we were going to be playing with 
and that that song was going to be shared around because it's a pretty viral thing to do. And it, and it worked. Wow, that's really cool. Wow, you, yeah, you definitely know what you're doing then um, on the recording side of things to make to make that sound, you know, amazing. But you know, you, you hear you hear these stories about how like Drake recorded some hit song like in a hotel room like under a blanket or something you know like there are these kind of stories i swear man it's like the more and more i try and knock it out of the park the the more it falls short when i just follow the muse and go off the heart and this feels right this feels fun this feels natural it's coming together real easy those are the things that always end up becoming wins for me it is it is interesting right you you know i always feel like there's two types of songs there's the songs that come right away that are really good and then there are the songs that take you like five years to write and those are really good the ones that are somewhere in the middle are never any good nah and that's how it is with everything i feel like man business fucking Mm -hmm. everything you know like you're trying to make money you, you ain't gonna make it you know when you're when you're when you're doing right you're shooting good shots and and you doing the positive, you know, spreading positivity and having fun. That's the big word I mentioned around a lot with my boys. I'm always telling them, like, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I'm always, you know, fun. Fun is a big, big factor of this world. Like, the reason why I'm here today is because I put fun above everything else. <laughs> so I feel like that 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 moral compass for me, you know, it, 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 and it's the same thing that I see with, like, like Eric and any other kind of, person that I've had the opportunity of rubbing shoulders with, you know, they did it their way. And that was kind of them just wanting to have fucking fun, you know? And, um, now I just really try and have as much fun as possible, you know, and, and align that with good business decisions and then see what happens. You never know. Right. Well, it's great. You guys are back on tour, playing some shows, Wilmington, North Carolina tonight. You got a whole bunch more shows. Uh, what's, What's the next step here? Are we going to get another full-length record, some new singles? Um, can you talk about that? Would love to. Would love to hear anything that you guys are, are got coming up next. Yeah, man, we we're putting together songs right now. We probably have like ten songs. I want to put together another ten, kind of pick from there. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, it was a lot of just like nothing, and then a spark of inspiration happened. And now it's a bunch of everything. Right. And this, that's how it goes. You know? Like, you know how it goes. I'm sure with, with, with writing your guys' records, like you can get together and try and try. And then, but once you have something that kind of is like really cool, really awesome, everyone loves it. It has a sound. It has its own thing, its own vibe. It, it, it kind of like kickstarts the project. And that's where we're, we just did that on the road on, on the first leg of our high and mighty tour with dirty heads this summer. Um, we roll with like, you know, the studio setup and, and, um, the whole nine. So we do like the dressing room recording studios pretty much daily. And yeah, we, we locked into a rhythm this summer. We got a song that really brought us all together and got us all excited. And, and then we just kept rolling that shit out. So we, we, we got, we got some songs now, you know, now it's just about finding the time to go and record them properly and all that good stuff. But, at least the art is kind of figured himself out now. I like that. I, I love to hear it, Rome. And I really want to thank you so much for taking the time, uh, especially on a show day, to uh, to talk to me. Um, anything else to, to tell the people before before I let you go? Um, no, man. Th- I mean, thanks thanks for having me, dude. You know, I I'm, I've always loved connecting with other musicians and getting to talk about this crazy life we live. You know, yeah. it's uh, we're definitely 
very, very fortunate to be able to do this. And, and for some people, it seems like, you know, it's, it's completely out of reach or good for them. That will never happen to me, but I'm sure you can attest to it too. It's like, if we can do that, if we can be here, like anyone can, you know, it's just, you got to believe in yourself, you know? Absolutely, man. You're. This has been such an uplifting conversation, and your positivity. I think so many people listening to this really appreciate it, Rome. So, never change, man. Thanks. Bro. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for for the for the good vibes. Yeah, man. Hopefully, we catch you at a show or something. I I, I really hope to. And and you're definitely. You seem like such an approachable dude. So I'll walk right up to you, cause uh, cause you you're the man. Yeah, man. All right, bro. You take care. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah. Take care. See you, Rome. Me and Car feel the same Too much pleasure is pain My girl spites me in vain All I do is complain She needs something to change Need to take off the edge So fuck it all tonight And don't tell me to shut up When you know you talk too much And you don't have shit to say I want you out of my head I want you out of my bed there's no way I can save you Cause I need to be safe too I'm no good at goodbye We're both acting insane But you're starting to change Now I'm drinking again Maybe both in my veins I'm a fan to stay I'm looking over the edge Don't fuck with me tonight Say you needed this heart and you got it Turns out Hey, Daniel. Hey, how you doing? Hey, man. Good. How are you? I'm good, brother. Hey. I am uh, starting my day off in New York. Nice. Having a good time. Nice. Yeah, man. How are you doing? Uh, good, good. Starting my uh, my day off as well here. Um, I just talked to your your like sort of incestuous group member, uh, Rome, uh, who I'm sure you uh, know a little bit. Yeah, man. He's the man. He we just uh, we were we actually were with them in uh, Vegas when they played Mandalay Bay. Oh yeah, um, kicking it. Yeah, sweet, sweet man. Well, dude, congratulations uh, on this new band, Spray Allen, a super group, which always feels weird to say, <laughs> but it truly is. And here you are, uh, the front man of it. How's it feel? Uh, feels like I'm the luckiest person in the world, man. I have the best bandmates I could ever dream of, dude. It's pretty crazy. You know, my, I've been playing with my guitar player since I was 13. Yeah. And uh, I've, you know, looked up to Wade and Eric since I was about that age, too. So it's pretty amazing. 
It really is. It really is. Um, well, let's start there. I, I love to hear the backstory. You know, I know you're in New York now. Um, you know, of course, your band Late Night episode is from New York City. Where did you actually grow up? I grew up in Westchester, New York. Okay. So uh, yeah. in a town called Scarsdale. I'm sure you may have heard of it. Um, doesn't have the greatest reputation, but um, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it was a fun it was a fun place to grow up in terms of being able to explore all the things I was interested in, which music and sports and art and stuff like that. Um, and that's where I met uh, Sherman. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, Westchester is an interesting place because I'm sure you, you maybe you would go to shows in like Poughkeepsie uh, or something like that, yep. but then you also can go into the city, you know, or even maybe even across to, to you know, the tri-state area. So much is right there in your backyard. Absolutely. Yeah. I grew up uh, playing shows in Poughkeepsie. At the, I think it's the Chance Theater. Of I think course. is what it was called. That's right. Yeah. I, I used to open up shows for big artists there when I was in high school. My high school band would do that. And then uh used to play Don Hills in the city. Um, that place doesn't exist anymore. But um, yeah. And then we, we played Bamboozle over in Jersey. So yeah, yeah it was it was really... Um, it was a very cool place to grow up in terms of being able to get, cause there was nothing in Westchester, you know? Right. I mean, there was a, we, maybe I've had one gig in Westchester. Um, I think we opened for Modest Yahoo at, I forget <laughs> what the name of the, what the venue was. Um, but, um, yeah, a lot of it was, you know, further upstate or, or in Jersey or down in the city. So it was, um, it was really fun. It was fun to be able to, go to all those places cool so you said you were into sports too uh, i assume maybe you're a yankees fan or a rangers fan or so i was actually born in san francisco so i am a giants fan i am a warriors fan my dad grew up in san francisco so i grew up watching cool all uh west coast teams so i you know i'd go see the giants when they played the mets at chase stadium when i was young but uh that place was kind of a shithole and uh they, I, we were the only people there with giants jerseys on everybody was I, I just remember being you know like six or seven years old and being heckled by grown men that were rooting for the mess because i was wearing a giants jersey and that was always pretty funny to me i know um, i know it's 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 really funny like uh i grew up just outside of um like i'm from canada but I used to go to Bills games when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's really funny when you go to a, a stadium like that, or Ralph, Ralph Wilson where the Buffalo Bills play, like the way grown men will act after <laughs> a couple beers at a sporting event is just like, oh my God, what is wrong with these people? That is ridiculous. It is, yeah, it is pretty fucking crazy. But uh, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is funny. So let's talk about Spray Allen. Um, the band obviously consists of Eric Wilson from Sublime, Sublime with Rome, uh, Wade Yeoman from Unwritten Law, and, and Unwritten Law, one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, how did you guys all get together? Uh, and of course, Eric Sherman, your guitar player in, in late an episode. How did you guys all meet and get together? I heard there was a connection with skateboarder Danny Way. Yeah. So, um, full story is my band broke up in New York. Uh, me and Eric's band, a rhythm section essentially just dipped on us and we were just not in a great place and we were unhappy. And my friend, another skater, Jeremy Rogers, who's also a musician, um, hit me up and said, Hey, 
um, you know, do you guys want to come out to, to California and, and make some music at Danny Way's house? And we we're like, yeah, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be better timing. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, and, and so, um, you know, we went out with him and, or went out to meet him and we go to LA thinking he's in LA, not realizing that it's in San Diego. So we take a train down to San Diego, got our backpacks and our guitars. And, uh, uh, Danny ends up actually not being at the house. So, um, you know, he gives us the gate code to get in to the studio and we're there for like three days, kind of just up all night, making a bunch of music, trying to, um, you know, I really want to impress Danny when he gets back. That's somebody that I've I'd had on my wall, like right. a poster of him on my wall since I was a little kid. And I wasn't ever into skating, but I used to get Sports Illustrated. And uh, um, I used to cut my favorite pieces out of it and, you know, hang them up and stuff. And uh, there was this one article that was about him preparing to jump the Great Wall. And I was like, this guy is crazy. This is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So I always had that, you know that article. Um, so he got back and he was really impressed with the music we were making. And yeah, we just kind of like kicked it off. And one day he was like, uh, we, we were making some music, we were working on an album and, uh, we're like, we need a drummer. Um, and he's all, you know, I could get Travis Barker. I could get Tommy Lee, but there's this guy Wade and he lives right around the corner and he'll be here in 10 minutes. I'm all just call <laughs> Wade, man. Call Wade. That's the type of guy. I want the guy that'll be here in 10 minutes. You know, um, that's the guy, you know, that's, that's the, that's the, that's what, that's what I want out of a drummer, you know? Um, exactly. someone that, you know, that, that'll be there like that and you can rely on and, um, and he was there in 10 minutes and, uh, it was crazy because uh, he took his Wade took his shirt off while he was playing because it was you know he's playing a lot and it's hot and uh, there's this big tattoo across his chest that says for the kids and late night episode even if you go look at it right now our bio says for the kids it doesn't say anything else um, and that was kind of like a motto for late night episode so when I saw that I was just kind of like I mean he's already such a um, electric person and, and such good energy to be around, but there's a bunch of weird little symbolic things that started happening. And I was just like, this is the guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then, so, da so Danny introduced me to Wade and then, um, one day we're, we're working in the studio and Wade's all dude. I just, uh, I, I got this bass player. I think you guys need to meet and <laughs> play some music with. <laughs> and, uh, we're like, all right. Um, and so one night he brought us up to Eric's house to play and, um, actually the first video on our Instagram is the first thing we played all together and it's actually going to be the first song on our record. Um, and it happened just completely out of thin air the first time we all picked up instruments and a microphone and played together. It was very bizarre. Um, but cool. awesome. And it was kind of, it was kind of just like one of those things where you, we all looked at each other and we were like, okay, this works. <laughs> yeah. Those lightning in the bottle, lightning in a bottle moments, you know, they're, they can be few and far between, you know? So yeah. harness that. And that's really cool. Um, the upcoming record I read 26 songs. Is that true? Yeah. We might have a 27th, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. We, we had like probably like 
60 or 70 songs and you know the first thing we went into the studio with paul and he tried to cut it down to 12 we were like we couldn't agree on cutting it down so we did all of them <laughs> and we did them all in 21 days it was pretty gnarly we had demoed everything but 26 songs in 21 days was pretty crazy that's a lot for a vocalist um you know i, I understand you know guys like eric and wade they're like unbelievable chops um you know can, can get that stuff down in one or two takes probably easily um but i mean you're talking about a new band and you're talking about vocals that's a lot of pressure on you how how was that you know especially working with um uh with paul leary who you know who obviously legendary producer yeah um i mean on it, it was nerve-wracking but it wasn't difficult like having all those people there and having the music sounding so good and being in such an inspiring place, you know, where I would like go into the booth and Paul would like turn the lights down. Cause he knows how I like the lights. Like <laughs> you, you almost can't fuck up, you know, like it's, I think a lot of it was done, you know, not very many takes, you know, just kind of like everything, like there'll be one or two things like, like uh, there's the not nice on stay clean. I probably did that a hundred times, but like right. just that, those two words and the rest of it, you know, I got maybe one or two takes, but there, you know, there'd be little hiccup spots, but for the most part, it was really easy. We really spent a lot of time, um, doing, uh, Eric spent a lot of time on guitars and not cause he needed to play them over and over again, but they really spent a lot of time like getting the tones and yeah. making sure they were playing the right guitars. And, um, the vocals were pretty, you know, he had a great microphone and they provided an awesome palette, like, you know, awesome canvas for me to do my thing on. So it was, it was really easy to be honest. I love it. I love it. So I don't usually talk to people about, you know, the, the, the origin of their band name or how they would describe their own band. But since you guys are a new band and you only have two songs out at the moment, where did the name come from? And I see on your bio that it says, a band that could only be described as supernatural desert born peyote rock. Uh, mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about those two things. Well, the reason that it's called desert born peyote is because it was literally, so the night after we jammed for the first time, Eric hit me up, Wilson, and he said, uh, get, you know, come to my house tomorrow morning. Um, and we're going to go to the desert. And, uh, I was like, cool. <laughs> um, never been to the desert. Um, you know, that's not a thing we do in New York. Um, <laughs> and uh, we get there and Wilson has the entire jam set up from his house loaded up into a trailer to bring to the desert, <laughs> which was insane. So like, so we get out there and I actually drive out with his son, Billy. Um, Cause I think, uh, you know, he, he wanted Billy to jam with us. And I think maybe at the time he wasn't even like thinking about, you know, like it wasn't like, this is a band, you know, right then, you know, um, right. it was like, this feels good. You know, I mean, sure. we ended up playing co covers for six months, but anyway, um, so I go out with his son, Billy, who's also an incredibly talented musician, has an awesome band called special guest and they're rad. Um, but we get out there before Eric and 
it's a bunch of people I don't know, and they're blowing up propane tanks with machine guns in the middle of the fucking desert. Oh and I'm just like, where am I, dude? I'm on a bunch of mushrooms. I have no clue what's going on. <laughs> so I'm tripping all night about 5 a.m. Like I finally pass out. And like, then I wake up like 45 minutes later and I'm waking up and it's just Wilson hopping out of his truck, you know, with a cowboy hat on, big boots, and and he's got all the, the music gear. So we just, you know... By that point in time, actually, a lot of the people that were there were starting to pack up and stuff, but we had just started to jam, you know, um, and we just jammed for like, you know, and took a bunch of psychedelics for the whole, you know, next 24 hours. And uh, it was, I'd say that's when the band was born in terms <laughs> of like, you know, the night before was cool and and we wrote that song and it was, it was kind of more just everybody just giving their all or, you know, and getting it out there. And then the next day was more like the alchemical, like actual creation of the band. I don't really know how to explain it. Uh, Wade would probably do a lot better job. He's the one that wrote uh, supernatural desert born peyote rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that, that's, more, that's more his, uh, uh, field I'm learning. Oh, well, that's great. Well, thank you. And what about the name Spray Allen? That's an interesting name. Um, so that our guitar player just, he's a big basketball fan. Um, and it, he just wrote it one day. He named one of the logic, like one of the music file sessions that were, that we were working on, um, Spray Allen. He just called it Spray Allen because it was, because he was thinking about Ray Allen. <laughs> and uh apparently it has another meaning that you could find online it's actually got two meanings one that you can find online one that you can't um but uh, i'll i'll leave that to the listener to decide if they want to go look it up okay yeah yeah maybe don't google it at work i i don't know uh <laughs> yeah yeah you know <laughs> produced by produced by paul from the butthole surfers we can you know it, it makes sense <laughs> okay Okay. Okay. Well, this is cool, man. Um, what's the plan moving forward? Obviously, like, you know, Eric, uh, Eric Wilson is in a, another band that's on tour right now. Uh, are you guys going to, you know, do are there plans to do some shows, uh, hit the road for this thing? I see you're already getting some airplay on Sirius. Um, yeah. And, and a yeah. bunch of stuff's happening. So I just kind of wonder, is this something you're going to take, you know, pretty much full time or is this going to be something that's going to be, be kind of just a passion project uh this is i mean for me it's full time uh for eric i think you know he's gonna continue playing with sublime obviously that's yeah it's uh the people need that and you know i think he loves playing that music um i think uh you know we're we're, we're always producing i got my start in music by producing for an artist called Topaz Jones, who um, is just put out a new album. Actually, um, I didn't work on this one, but um, he's incredibly talented. And uh, you know, when Eric's touring, I'm kind of keeping myself busy with you know stuff like that. I'm producing uh, this new kid, Angel Number Eight. He's actually on our album twice. His album is incredible. Um, Sublime, I think, finishes their tour at the beginning of October. So, um, we're going to start playing November, December, stuff like that. Um, just kind of like filling in the gaps and, you know, when we're 
at a, at a, at a bigger level, maybe we'll be able to do some shows together. Um, yeah. And, uh, right now I think we have, um, what's it called? We got, what's the venue called? We're playing in San Francisco in November. Um, and I think we're going to make a three day run out of it. Uh, what's the place called? I have it here somewhere. Um, but we're going to keep playing shows. We like to play backyard shows. We, we pop up a lot in San Diego. Just, Hey, here we are. Bring nice. our gear and pack out someone's backyard. That's happened quite a few times. It's funny, you know, you being from New York City and, you know, the rest of the guys being, well, half the band being from California, uh, must be a different vibe, right? Um, you know, uh, going off to the desert to to do that, like that doesn't happen in New York. Backyard shows, that's not really a thing that happens in New York either. Um, how are you guys vibing all together? Is it is it like, kind of, does it work really well? Or are there sometimes you butt heads just because a difference of personalities? No, we really don't butt heads very much in terms of like uh, personality. It's more, and I, I kind of am like Cali and like, like I've always loved California. I used to visit San Francisco when I was a kid and um, like, I love New York. It's my favorite place in the world. Um, but I think our music is definitely has a little bit more of a West coast tinge to it. And even when we were in late night episode, people would say the same thing. Um, you know, they're like, Oh, you guys sound like a Cali rock band. We're all, we're not. But, uh, or actually the last late night episode album was also done in California. Right. But, um, no, there's, there's, it's not, it's not weird. I mean, New York's got the same kind of things, you know, it's got its dive bars and, and and rooftop parties so we you know we did those which kind of are similar i mean there's nothing like going to the desert that was really that blew my mind and continually blows my mind we went out to the pinnacles recently um i still don't really understand where anything is i just get coordinates and i drive there but um (laughs) that was like you, you, you play all these different places in the desert and they all sound different like we played one place. We played uh, the uh, the mud caves, and it was dead. Like it didn't sound good, and it was just the sound was really like muted. And then we played at the Pinnacles, and it's like these. It's like all flat, but then they have these huge rock formations in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like don't understand what happened to make that a thing, and. Uh, it sounds like you're playing out of an amphitheater and it's the coolest thing ever. So, you know, that's such a cool thing about playing in the desert that I've never experienced in my life in New York. Um, yeah, absolutely. So California, California is cool. Man. Absolutely. No, that's, that's really interesting. Just, just, Hey, let's go out in the middle of nowhere and play music together. Like when I, whenever I see a band, playing like a music video where a band's playing in the desert i'm all like i always think to myself this is stupid like what band would ever play in the desert well i'm wrong apparently (laughs) because you guys are doing it all the time yeah the cool ones do it i I know queens of the stone age um are a desert rock band and there's a whole community of, of people that 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 actually do that you know um and so what you guys you bring like you just bring a generator and you let it rip like that yeah yep well we'd some i think we need two generators to get all the bass 
<laughs> Super. It, we, we blow that thing. We, we, I think we went out there the first time with one generator and then we started bringing subs like for the kick drum and a sub for the bass amp so that we could get like, you know, nice boomy sound and you need two generators at that point. But, but it's worth it. It's, it's so much fun, dude. And, um, last time we played, there were a bunch of people there, you know, they're little cool communities that go out to cool places and, you know, 50 people, hundred people. It's awesome. Well, that, well, that is awesome. Well, Daniel, uh, dude, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to talk about your new band spray Allen and, and I hope people can check it out. I'm going to play a song, uh, right now so people can get acquainted with the band if they're not familiar. Uh, anything else to uh, tell the people before I let you go? Yeah, we got another song coming out probably in, in a little over a month. It's called Heaven on My Shoulders, and it's got a video directed by Ben Margera. Oh, wow. Sick. That's, yeah, that's that'll be super rad. cool. How was working with Bam? Awesome. Um, you know, he's. I think when he's in his creative place, he is a genius. Um, it's just, I think sometimes people have a hard time staying there, but he is, he's incredible, man. He's an, another person I grew up, you know, watching the madness, you know, and <laughs> he's, he's, he's a creative genius. All these guys are Danny Way, Eric Wilson, Wade. They're all creative geniuses. Amazing. This is so cool. Well, it, when's the record going to come out? Any, any uh, word yet? Uh, no word on the record. Probably next year it's done. Um, we're working on packaging and, Cool. And getting it all nice for people. We want to do a cool vinyl. Um, so we're just getting all that set up. But that'll be next year. We, we'll probably release a bunch of singles. Keep keep putting out singles, videos, and stuff like that. And meanwhile, playing shows. Love it. Souping it up. Yeah, Love man. It. So thank cool. Thank you, Shane. Thank yeah. you very much. Okay, Daniel, thank you for taking the time, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day in New York. Yes, thank you, brother. Be good. All right, man. Yeah, you too. Peace and love. And there it is with Daniel. Always cool to hear about these supergroups, you know, and and putting them together and what all goes into that. Very interesting stuff. I want to thank Daniel so much for hopping on. And don't sleep on Spray Allen. The 26 song beast is coming at you soon. But in the meantime, we're going to play. A new single. Here it is. Stay clean on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next week. Dirty mama farm. If you give a damn about money, money. you shouldn't pick up the phone. Nothing from me, doll And in the long haul mm -hmm. All good boys be scared
de mí. 